welcome to Retroscripts Fireside Stories Human Libraries. I'm Kimberly, and today I'm, I'm enjoying a drink of lemon and blueberry tea with some added ginger. Thought I'd give this one a try today. My guest today is Anne Day, and Anne enjoys a nice glass of red wine, and her favorite quote is, all that we send into the lives of others comes back into our own, and I truly do believe that. Anne has spent half her career in the nonprofit sector and the other half as a social entrepreneur. And the focus has always been on women and helping them find success on their own terms. Helping women realize their potential and success on their own terms has been a driving force actually in her life. She firmly believes in helping women in the power of strength and collaboration and surrounding yourself with people who get you and want you to succeed makes all the difference in the world. Before we dive into your story of community and bringing people together, Anne, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. Um, I've had a very eclectic sort of career. I started off, as you mentioned, in the nonprofit sector, and um, I helped start up a, a resource center for uh, parents. And you know, a lot of it was driven by my own needs because I was at home with a, a baby and I found it such a hard thing to do. And so I thought, you know, I'm sure the parents feel the same way. And so a group of us started this resource center, which really actually took off. I mean, it's still around and, and has uh, is a multi-million budget. Didn't when we started, I can tell you. But, um, and so from there, I went on to work at other nonprofits and then ended up working in government for on women's issues, which was a fascinating time. But then after about four years, I needed to escape. <laughs> I always say I get I got out and I started my own business. And, and it's interesting. I think this whole loneliness theme seems to sort of govern my career because I found that very isolating working at home. And I felt sure, again, that women felt the same way. And so I started coming company of women and you know so it wasn't really that altruistic it was really more I wanted to meet some like-minded women now I never knew that this thing was going to take off and so 18 years later we're still around and still helping women get ahead in their business and supporting them so that's really sort of a snapshot of of who I am in terms of my career it's interesting. I like the fact that you thought about your problems or issues or whatever you needed and kind of thought, hey, other people probably have this. I'm going to bring it to everybody else and see what I can do. And as a woman with a child, I totally understand that. Like the working from home, like the guilt of just seeing your kid on the other side of the baby gate and like you have to work. So I totally understand that completely. Yeah, I, I often tell the story, actually, of when we started the Parent-Child Center. I think my daughter was, I don't know, she was under a year. And um, I was using a typewriter, i shows you how long ago it was. And I was typing up funding proposals to try and get some money for us. And I'd have her in a swingomatic. I don't even know if they still have those, but you can crank them up and the kid's good for 15 minutes going to and fro. And I'd be typing, we'll be offering quality childcare. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> works, right? It works, yes. We got money eventually. It took us three years to get any funding, but we did get funding. And did you have a background that kind of led you like, with how to do that or did you just know you wanted to do it, went for it? no I, that was when I first discovered I could write who knew 
um, you know, I was writing these funding proposals and, and uh, you know, we, we were successful at it. So, you know, you never know what you can learn as a volunteer because really at that point, you know, myself and my friend, we were just volunteering. But we had nothing else to do, so we might as well see if we can get this off the ground. Exactly. It's amazing to see where you kind of started. And I don't know if that was your true start, but where you came and then where you are today. Everything's just grown and become bigger and you're still helping. Yeah. One, one thing always leads to, to another. Yeah. But I was thinking about what you were saying about thinking about my own needs. I think a lot of women start their businesses because there's a gap. There's something that they haven't got. There's a woman who's part of CEO. She started um, a company that makes cream for uh, eczema. And it was because her child had eczema. And I mean, that whole business is now taken off, but she started making it in a crock pot at home. And it just shows you how, you know, you can start a business based on your own needs and it can totally blossom, which is great. I love stories like that where someone just started at home and grew it and worked hard and like had that intention, right? I think the intention behind it is one of the big Exactly. Things. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell me a little bit about what you're working on maybe today, and then we can keep going backwards and kind of dive in from there. <laughs> well, one of the things I started uh, about, I guess, five years ago now is a publishing company. And with COVID, that has become really quite popular because a lot of people are writing books. They're using this time to write a book, myself included. And so I help uh, women mainly um, get their books out into the world. And uh, so I've been busy with that. And I'm ghostwriting a book for somebody. And um, I brought my own book out at the end of last year. I mean, it's funny. I started writing it about two years ago and then I stopped. And then when COVID happened, of course, I thought it was only going to be three weeks. <laughs> yeah. So I, oh, I've got three weeks to finish this book. <laughs> and I did, but that's, you know, it, here we are over, what, 14 months later, and we're still dealing with this. So when you work with people that are publishing their books, do you look for a certain kind of person or do you like books with messages or how do you... It varies. It really varies. I mean, I mainly nonfiction. Uh, my, the first three books I helped publish were all on breast cancer, which is interesting in that I'm a breast cancer survivor. So it was kind of neat to start on that. And then I've done other books and I've just finished a poetry book for a group. Um, that's not what I usually do, but that's, you know, that's okay. It was good to be able to help them. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. I know, I think we've talked before about that poetry book and you mentioned that it was for an organization that's um, a bunch of different women collectively. Yes, right? yeah, they, uh, it's a group that has gone through sort of, uh, I would say therapy and part of the therapy was to write about their stories around how they dealt with addictions. And um, yeah, the book's only just actually come out last week. So that's kind of, it took quite a while yeah. uh, to get it going. I think part of it is when you're doing a book by committee <laughs> and so many people, it's much easier working with one author. <laughs> All these hands in the pot, right? Exactly, exactly. It's interesting how even with that book that you're talking about right now, it's still giving back and still helping people to share their story. So you're still helping women kind of vocalize what they're going through and stuff like that. So it, 
it feels like in all areas of your life, your main theme is just helping the community and bringing everyone together, sharing stories. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Uh, I'm really involved with Rotary now too. And that's the other piece where I find it's really gratifying to be giving back, you know, raising money to help charities do the work that they have to do. And there's a lot of demand right now for, for the work that they do. So it's, it feels good to be sort of a small cog in making that happen. Interesting. One thing I've heard people say in the past is that they don't volunteer or they don't really give back because either they don't have the time or they just don't know how to do it. Do you think that's kind of, um, I'm trying to think how to say this, a value, valid answer? Or do you think there are other ways you can just kind of do what you're doing and still help the community? I think there are different ways that you can do things. I mean, part of it, you could even just write a check. That's the easiest <laughs> and make a donation. But it, you know, yesterday at our meeting, our Rotary meeting, we had seven charities come in and talk about what they do. And, you know, as you said, I've been in the charitable sector for about 20 years. So there's not much that I haven't heard, but it was just so touching to hear about what was happening. Um, one of the groups was a, a, a residence for uh, young people who've been trafficked and what they've gone through and what they're dealing with. I mean, and these are new things at Mumbai, they're not new actually. No, I take that back. They're not new, but it's more that we're more aware about what's happening. Definitely. I think social media is definitely helping with that. Now we see more and we're hearing more. And like what you just said about something being new, I've heard other people say, oh my God, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And I'm like, it's been there for quite some time. It's just that we didn't see it. We weren't made aware of it, right? Well, that's right. I mean, with human trafficking, because we're just south of the 401, mm -hmm. that's a big area, which, you know, you don't like to think is happening, but, but it is. Exactly. Amazing problem. I feel like it's kind of on one hand, like if you ask me one day, I'll be like, I hate that social media shows all this, like I'm already going through enough, blah blah blah. But on the other hand, I'm like, these people are also going through everything I am, plus so much more. So why wouldn't you want to give back and help? Like there's this push and pull in me that's like, oh, it's hard to help because it's so sad, right? But it's the reality. Well, that's right. I mean, another group that came yesterday, they're working with the homeless. And, you know, I live near Guelph. And so I could see from the other people's expressions on their faces, they've sort of, they're homeless in Guelph. Well, there's homeless everywhere. And, you know, yeah. there has to be some way to help people. Exactly. And I feel like the one, the first place is listening. I live in an area right now that is not the greatest area. There's a lot of homeless. And I kind of made it a point to stop and talk to some people when I first moved here five years ago and find out why are you homeless? And I know it's such like a bad question to ask, but I just want to know. Like, and I feel like if you don't ask the question, you don't find out the answer. Mm -hmm. And I found that always the answers weren't necessarily anything to do with not living in a home. It had to do with mental health or it had to do with abuse or it had to do with this and that. And it just made me think that anybody could kind of end up in that position depending yep. on what life hands you. So I like exactly. that when you're giving back to the community and with your publishing and everything, you're giving people also a voice. I feel like you're allowing them to say what they need to say. It's helpful. Exactly, exactly. What has been the hardest part for you with the volunteering? Because I know there must be struggles and stuff. 
Years ago, um, I was a I was a children's aid volunteer. I worked with the family, and one of the children um, got really badly burnt by the mother, and I I found that really hard. I just couldn't, you know. I had kids of my own. I couldn't um, understand that. And, and it was interesting because Jones had asked if I would do more with her. And I said, actually, I'd rather do less. She needs really big help. I'm a volunteer. Um, so I think that was probably one of the hardest. And then I ran a group for them and one of the women was murdered um, by her partner. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I, not too much shocks me now. <laughs> I've seen it. I like that you bring that up though and share that kind of story. Um, I think, and I understand why, like for example, sick kids, I get the sick kids letters because I uh, donate and everything. And I think there's a lot of happiness that's shown, but I almost feel like people kind of need, and from speaking to other people about things, they need to see the harder side of what's happening as well, because then it's like, okay, this is actually happening. I want to do something. And as much as I don't want to pull people's heartstrings and make people feel bad, kind of do at the same time to get people to move and kind of reflect if you have children that could have been your child right like just the knowledge in the back there yeah exactly exactly I find now with volunteering I mean back then I was more hands-on and I was you know leading groups or working with people now I'm much more behind the scenes doing the, the planning and the organization of fundraisers and things like that are you kind of trying to teach people as well so you can pass on the torch whenever you decide to, or are you just building a legacy kind of thing? Uh, probably right now building a legacy, but that's a good point because, yeah, um, I'm not getting any younger. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, a good point, though. I mean, I, that's one thing I'm concerned about is I see a lot of women like you and I've known you for a little bit now and I've always told you that it's kind of inspirational having people like you in my life because it pushes me. But then I actually sat the other day and was like, oh my gosh, when you guys step down and take a rest and like actually start enjoying maybe reading a little bit more and I don't know how you still do as much as you do, but it's completely cool. But I'm like, when I get to that point, I want to be able to pass it on to the next person as well. So now I'm trying to figure out how do you do that? What do you do? Like, it's so easy, not easy, but it's easier to do than it is to teach, I think. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's probably true, because I think a lot of the things, uh, you know, just like the writing, they just they come right naturally to me. So I've never had to struggle with writing. And yet, you know, I know a lot of people sort of say, oh, I don't know, you know, so forth. Yeah. So you'd have, I'd have to sit and think through all the different steps that people would have to take. But I think you have to find your passion. You have to find what really um, piques your interest in terms of volunteering and giving back. Because if you're passionate about it, then time doesn't matter. And you just dive right into it and make it happen. Yeah, you do. You do. Definitely. 
So now when you had your daughter, how were you able, and I'm asking this kind of from a selfish reason, because I want to know that how, to do it. <laughs> how did you balance everything? Because every time I talk to you, I hear about something different that you did. And I'm like, she did that too? Like how? You had a child with you. <laughs> Bring your child everywhere. Well, <laughs> don't forget, I've been in the workforce for 50 years. So, <laughs> so that covers a lot of different jobs and <clears throat> positions and so forth. Um, I was I was really when I my daughters were younger I was at home I didn't work outside the home I volunteered a lot that was my way of keeping my sanity to be honest you know so I could string two sentences together but so I I didn't have to do the juggle that so many people are doing where they're raising their kids they're going out to work and right now having to work at home and have your kids at home I didn't have to do any of that. It wasn't until the, the kids were in school that I started to uh, explore what else I could do. And with running the Parent Child Center, um, I just used to bring them with me, you know? So- That's what it was for, I guess, right? That was what it was for, yeah. yeah. Interesting, very interesting. Did you go to school to learn all of this or is this just things that came out of you and were passionate about it and you learned a lot? No, I didn't go to school. No, I didn't. I. Um, when I left um, high school, I went, I, I was living in England then, and I went to um, Unilever, the big company. They taught you secretarial skills. And I uh, took their, I got accepted. It was a very competitive program to get into because you got, actually got paid while you were learning. And um, when the course was over, you were to be, do a work assignment. Anyway, Long story short, I ended up applying for a job to run that program <laughs> and I got it. So, so instead of being a secretary, I ended up with one. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I think that's another lesson in that, I mean, I was 19. I mean, I don't know how I had the balls to, you know, even think I could do this job, but I thought, I, I like that. I think that would be interesting. And so I went for it. So I think sometimes you have to take risks and, and just go for it and get what you want to do. Definitely. What's the worst that can happen? They're going to tell you no. Well, and that was it. I might have to end up, you know, being a typist somewhere. <laughs> Figure it out, right? Yeah. I like that you'd say that you didn't necessarily go to school to do this. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, I haven't gone to university. I never went to college. I can't. And I think that we're lucky where we have the internet. <laughs> and yes, you want to learn is right there at your fingertips. And I actually had, um, I listened to a speech online of a girl. I think she was homeless. They didn't go into too deep about her background, but for some reason she couldn't go to school. She didn't have parents to guide her, but she has started her own business. She's like making huge strides. And she said everything she learned, she went on the internet and just like actually focused and tried to take in as much information, spoke to the right people. And her big thing was proving that you don't have to go to school and you don't have to necessarily have that huge education to make something of yourself because not everyone has that opportunity to do it. So I thought it was super interesting. And I would love yeah, to hear I, I think that's really true. I think that's really true. I mean, we've all got talents. We don't always recognize what they are, um, but yeah. I think, I don't think you have to go to school. I mean, for a long time, I thought, oh, I should have gone to university. And I would, I mean, I was actually getting married and that was part of why I didn't. Uh, we were saving up, but, you know, I laugh because I wanted to go into social work. 
And I, in some respects, I think I still am. <laughs> Just without the degree. <laughs> and look how far you've come with it too. Yeah. That's amazing. So if you were to give advice now to women in your community, and I know you do lots of public speaking, so you probably have something on top of your head. What advice would you give women today with what's going on? I am seeing lots of businesses shutting down and people struggling. And I think it's, it's horrible, obviously, but it's heartbreaking because with my business, I know I pour everything into it. Like it's my fate, one of my children, basically. And to lose it, I can't imagine. What would you say to those women? Oh, well, I feel, I mean, I, quite a lot of people that are part of Company of Women have lost their businesses. And I think that's just so sad. I think you have to grieve though. You know, I think you have to, to cause it's a loss. And so I think you've got to go through that process and then sort of move on and, and heal. I think it's surrounding yourself with people that believe in you and who will say to you, you know, you could do X or you've got a great talent in Y. Why don't you do that and think about what your next steps will be? You have to sort of dust yourself off Definitely. and move forward. So, I mean, believing in yourself is really important. And it's kind of hard when you've had a loss or something has not gone the way you thought it would. And it's not a failure. I think it, it, these are massive lessons that we can all learn and move on from. But you do have to have the grieving part first. Those are some great points. The not a failure part really shines in my head. Like I know a lot of people are saying, I didn't prepare for this, but how do you prepare for something like this? You can't. Nobody saw it coming. So it's the grieve like you said dust yourself off and keep going that's a good point definitely um do you have any stories that you could share with us kind of um triumph stories i know people are feeling a little down be helpful if someone heard something great where you've helped somebody or the community or something like that yeah one of the stories i often tell is is about um marissa mctasney who's a, a member of company of women and years ago um, when I first started Company of Women, I wanted to support different women in different adventures. And Marissa was in a program that, in fact, when I worked in government, we funded it. It was to get women into the skilled trades. And so I would give an award every year to the best student. And Marissa got the award. And instead of using, the idea was to use the money to buy a toolbox and the toolkit that she would need, but she didn't. She decided she wanted to start her own business and she um, designed and developed work boots and, and well, a work belt for women because she said there was nothing out there. Back to sort of looking at what are your needs. And so she, she started this business. Well, then fast forward, she had the opportunity to go on Dragon's Den. And uh, part of the thing with Dragon's Den is you can take props on with you. And so she had 30 of us all dressed up with hard hats and uh, work boots on the, on the, the uh, TV show with her. Yeah. And one of our other members, Liz Radzik, uh, who um, coached her beforehand on how to do her pitch and so forth. Now she didn't get money actually on the show, but she did get money later from uh, Brett Wilson and you know even today she still did, her business is still thriving and she's still doing really well but I think it was a really good example of everyone pulling behind her 
to get behind her and to get her ahead. And uh, I remember I was in the front row about two down from her and Kevin O'Leary was one of the, the dragons then. And I mean, he's such an ass. Yeah. <laughs> you take that out if you want. <laughs> and I kept thinking, I have an expressive face. Am I going to show how I, what I think of the questions he's asking? Anyway, that's probably one of our, our success stories. And, and, you know, years later, Marissa was interviewed and she said, uh, was asked who'd helped her the most. And she'd said, we did. And so we ended up being on the cover of the Toronto Star business section. Um, after she was interviewed. And so, I mean, that's a real payback, but you don't go into these things expecting, oh, they're gonna do this for me or that for me. You just do it because you want the person to get ahead. Exactly, definitely. And I like how you said the tribe. I think behind every yeah. person that's doing so well in business or so well in whatever they're working on, there's those people that pushed them up as well and supported them, so that's huge. That tribe is important. I hear it more often, more often, uh, in networking meetings and stuff like that. And at first, I didn't really understand it years ago. Now I totally, I'm in, I understand and I get it. You need that tribe to push you. You really do. And, and you need to have a group of people that you can trust that, you know, you can say something and it's not gonna go beyond that circle. Um, I mean, at Company for Women, I have a group, we call ourselves the group of 10. Okay. <laughs> And we're still trying to get together actually at the end of the month. But I mean, it's really good. I and mean, we're all in very different, different businesses. But we know what it's like to own a business. And, you know, because it I, one of the things I have learned is it doesn't matter what business you're in, the issues are the same. So Definitely. I thought it was interesting with the company of women as well, um, that there's different people at different stages of their business, different ages and different race different everything's different so you can find different people to connect with and it's not saying that likes have to go with likes or anything like that but you know this full rounded experience which is kind of interesting and I didn't expect when I signed up to be honest I thought it was no I think there's a wide range of people and it, it is it makes it much more um fun really yeah. was that what you had in mind when you created company of women the tribe aspect or just you wanted women to have support no, I, I think it was the tribe, the tribe aspect. One of the big ahas I had when I was writing your child, I was going to say your child self-esteem, good enough, was that um, we were interviewing someone and she was telling us that Gloria Steinem has said that whatever you didn't have in your childhood, you can create for yourself as an adult. And so this this friend who was telling us this, she, she wasn't allowed any stuffed toys or anything when she was a child. So she went and got herself a teddy bear. And so she turned to me and she said, so man, what, what would you say was missing in your childhood? And without thinking, I said, sisters, because I'm an only child. And then I realized I've created my own sisters. <laughs> I've created my sisterhood. <laughs> With company of women and so that it was it was a really good insight to have gained that's an amazing realization for sure and i like that quote actually i've never thought about that what you didn't have as a child you can create yeah I like that i like that a lot actually yeah because you can change things yeah <laughs> interesting very interesting so now moving forwards do you have anything big coming up um in community or with volunteering or anything that you'd like to share with people Oh my goodness. 
I know. Not really. And that, you know, everything is so, because a lot of what I've been doing is events, you know, helping organize fundraising events and, you know, International Women's Day and those sort of things. And of course, we're not getting together. So, I mean, it's, you know, been doing a lot of um, online auctions and <laughs> things like that. Um, and, you know, normally I'd have a conference in May. Well, that's obviously not going to happen either. I know, I'm sad about that, actually. <laughs> I know, so am I. I mean, we, we ended up with the conference last year being more of an uh, online summit, but it's not the same, you know. And I'd be really a person and I was there for the online and it is different. It, there's still value, don't get me wrong. And I still know, but to see the people in the room and there's some people that I never, like when I went to the first one, I never saw for another year. And then I see them again at the conference. So you're kind of excited that you're going to see. Yeah, them. it's like old home week. Everybody gets together and sees each other and, and Liz makes her dramatic entrance. <laughs> you don't get that with online. <laughs> missing but it is what it is I guess right and we just have to evolve or what's the word pivot and keep going oh, yeah, I know everybody's so tired of the word pivot but yeah you know I think I think for many of us and, I, and I've been writing about it is that you know some weeks are good and some weeks are not and so your moods can and emotions fluctuate um I find as you better in weeks where I'm busy um because I'm someone that likes to keep busy but on the other hand, when I'm not, I'm reading. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good thing. Yep. And getting rid of the guilt for reading during the day. <laughs> I hear that, I hear that, that's interesting. Okay. So why did you decide to go and focus on women instead of just the community as a whole? I think it's really back to this whole sisterhood thing. I think that it's, I feel, I guess I can connect more with women. I mean, that's actually, one of the challenges I'm finding in Rotary because there's men there. Good heavens. <laughs> <laughs> and my whole career has been working with women. So, <laughs> Definitely. yeah. And the reason I asked that question is because that's something that I, I get asked all the time because most, other than my books that I'm writing, the workshops are all geared towards women and like that inner badass and kind of promoting women and bringing us up. And somebody asked me, why, why do you only focus on women? There's men too. And it's because well, that's what I understand. And I know the hardships that I've gone through and the struggle. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know the other side. I'm sure there are so many struggles. I'm not putting that down at all. But this is what I know. This is what I feel. So like you said, picking a passionate thing, something you're passionate about. That's what I went to. So. Yeah, I, I find too. I mean, I think, I think as you say, we, I understand more where from a woman's perspective. And so I really want to see women succeed. Whereas, I don't know, men have a lot of help. <laughs> they also don't need so much help. I mean, some do. <laughs> they need to find their inner feminist or whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's just more that that's more where I feel my skills and my talents are better helping women succeed. Definitely. And this will be like one of the last questions, but how did you feel when you were watching the women's marches and the International Women's Day events and seeing all the little girls with their signs up, holding their signs, and like, that's the, like, I, that warms my heart. It makes me super excited for the future, just seeing that they're already involved in it. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think it's really exciting to see young women taking part and you know that they're not going to tolerate some of the things that we had to tolerate in the workplace or in relationships. And I think that's gratifying because, you know, we, we think about the whole Me Too uh, movement and Black Lives Matter. I mean, people are becoming much more vocal and you have to think that as a result of all of this, this is going to change. And yes, when you see young children there and young girls there, you just think, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm excited for, for sure. And I think it's awesome that they're young and so it probably won't happen in my lifetime, but I'm excited that there is going to be change. And especially having a young daughter now, I'm like, yay, hopefully she doesn't have to go through all the crap that we did and the feelings, it's the feelings that I think of the most, the emotional side of being a female that I don't want her. Like, yes, it made us stronger. And I'm sure you can say the same, that the things you've gone through have made you who you are, but does it really need to happen? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> there are other ways. So I appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Is there anything else you'd like to say or you'd like to leave a message with the listeners? They're mostly female, so they would love to hear from you. I would say just believe in yourself and surround yourself with people that do that too. Because then you'll, you'll really have sort of a cushion in a way to whatever else life brings us. <laughs> So thank you for being here. For anyone that's listening or watching, after this video, there's going to be a page with all the band's information, the different places that you can volunteer or perhaps uh, donate to that she works for. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>